This is Ool Radio. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm here with David Smith, uh, sometimes known as underscore David Smith. Hello. You're on a podcast. We'll keep this to a limited amount of time, because I know you like that in podcasting. I do. It's my favorite. So your presentation yesterday, you kicked us off. Yeah. And you talked about some tough lessons that you've learned in the App Store, which I thought was really interesting, that you were kind of laying it out there, like, don't sell apps in the App Store it's not something you know. You're you're trying. Your talk was really about trying to live up to a, a, an ideal and realizing that that was not the the right way to go, and that there was another way to find a way to do what you believe in, but not, um, but in a realistic way. Yeah, because I think I like summarize. it's so easy as fans of Apple to try and always feel like well, our goal is to be like Apple. Our goal is to do what they do and to be just like they are, and. The difficulty, of course, is that what makes them successful is not necessarily something that's a transferable skill. Parts of it are, maybe, but um, a lot of it is just different. And it's been a hard lesson to find the things that I can pull from Apple and the things that I can learn from them and you know from a company I admire, but then transfer them into my own business, which is completely different than theirs. You know, they I make mostly health and fitness software and give it away for free, and that's very different than people selling seven hundred dollar phones. Yeah, or writing apps that are designed to show off their seven hundred dollars phones. phones. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and you're not you're one person. I mean, that, I thought that was it's true. Do you think everybody, or not everybody, maybe, but so many people who are in the Apple development community just have this internal Apple that is speaking to them and judging them all the time? It wouldn't surprise me because I feel like the things that draw a that draw a lot of us to this community, that draw us into making products for Apple. Um, there's certainly some people who just come to it because it was a shiny new opportunity and was cool and the iPhone was fancy, but um, I think there's a lot of people who come to this community and who like Apple products because of the way they are and the way they feel and the things that make them special. And so I think there's it's easy if you start looking at that and appreciating that to then want to make your own work look like that. And so you start having your own little Johnny Ive sitting on your shoulder, judging every all the work that you do and, you know, make sort of commenting on it in a in an English accent. The um something that you said that I was struck by, the um the idea of being principled but unprejudiced. They the it's an interesting distinction to make that that you want to have your set of principles but not I mean it, it you you said it. Maybe you can go into it a little bit more. I, I thought it was an interesting idea of saying, trying to distinguish between um, not believing in anything yeah. and being unable to compromise. Yeah, because I think it's, it's, the, it's, it's, I think it's vitally important if you're going to make your own products, if you're going to decide on, so this is what you, how you want to make things, is to... Decide what's important to you. Decide what's going to make you different, what's going to make success look like for you. But then decide the things that aren't that and be incredibly flexible and incredibly adaptable and open-minded about anything that isn't a thing that you hold dear and is part of what you know makes you proud of the thing that you're making. That if it's just a, 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 a sort of an auxiliary thing or not part of that main thing, then you need to be as flexible and as open-minded as you can be um, and not try and hold everything to the same standards that understand that some of your things that you think are important. These are the standards that I, that I think want to define the work I do. Great. You know, wrap your arms around those, be very proud, be very focused on those. But if it's something else, 
don't try and think that everything has to be at that same level, that some things are just going to be better if you can be adaptable and flexible and unprejudiced about them and be evaluating all the opportunities and choices that you have to make through the, through a lens that is adaptable to what makes sense to you, not to someone else. Now, um, you showed a chart that shows, uh, that you have gone from making most of your revenue from consumers to making most of your revenue from advertisers. Yes. And I, I would think that, you know, there are a lot of people who are, Advertising makes the world go round, yeah. but the fact is, a lot of people are very ad averse. They're they're um, they're ad phobic. They hate them, and yet we now live in a world where, you know, your thesis is basically this is how I could make money in the app store. There's no other real way for me to do it. Which is not to say you don't offer people the mm-hmm. ability to turn off ads, but sure. the reality is the bulk of of your business is people who are happy to download apps for free and have ads be in them and they're not going to pay you otherwise. So you need yeah. to find a way to, to make a living. And that would strike me as being one of these difficult decisions, which mm-hmm. is, is being against advertising the thing that, is that the hill I'm going to die on? Or is that just part of the environment and I have to, I have to move on from that one? Yeah. And I think one of the things that I definitely was a difficult decision and something that I struggled with genuinely for years is this feeling that it feels a little, it's, it feels slightly orthogonal to the most of the rest of the, my development process. That I'm trying to, uh, you know, optimize every pixel and part of the screen to be perfect and delightful, and then I, at the bottom of it, I put an ad for, you know, Candy Crush or right. whatever it a is, a random ad or whatever it is. Like I don't really have control over it in that way. And I even for a period of time, I even tried to sell my own ads in my apps, which was a complete mess. But because I was like wanting to have more control there. But the thing that I also um, came to realize was that I was looking at ads in a way that, like for me, I'm not a big fan of ads. And if I have an opportunity to turn off ads in a printed product, I will typically do that. Where I will, you know, I'll go and pay the in-app purchase to remove ads from the app. And I enjoy supporting apps in that way. And I think that makes sense. But the reality is, whenever I look at my ad reports and I find that the number of my users who are clicking on ads and presumably then finding them useful in some method of useful is not insubstantial. That the reason the advertising exists and is able to sustain my business is because the people who are paying to put the ads in the app um, are getting value from it, that it's drawing users to them. And understanding that for that user, that may not actually be for me, it may be, a, it may be a, le- a less desirable user experience, but for that user, that may be entirely great for them and they enjoy it and they like having that as part of their app and they're certainly choosing to do that. And the reality is, and I think it's easy to get into our own heads about, you know, even coming to a conference like this where you have a group of people who are perhaps more like-minded, but you the, under, the reality is... of my users are not people who would come to an Apple developer conference. They're, you know, the literally hundreds of thousands of people who use my products, most of them don't care. These aren't things that are important to them. These aren't things that they think about. And if I try and be inflexible about something like this, the reality is I'll just never be in business. And it's like I could perhaps it's like if that, if that was something that I really had had to felt like I really had to hold to well maybe I just wouldn't be in business and that would be tragedy but I think it was important for me when I got to the place that I could say you know what this isn't something that I really care about that much I'd rather put a product in front of 
hundreds of thousands of people, and especially as I've started to get into health and fitness apps, where they're genuinely making people's lives better, like mm-hmm. enriching and making them healthier, um, and able to do that to more people because it's free and there's no barrier to it, that anybody who has an iPhone can use one of these things. Like That is far more important to me and something that I would work harder to defend that I can do. And for me, if it, if it comes at the cost of advertising, that's fine. Something you said was... Uh and I think this is true in all walks of life, but I, I, I liked when you were talking about how you always, you know, you're going to learn more from your mistakes yes. than from your successes. And would you say the initial, um, looking at your chart, would you say your initial plan, which was to go out and have user revenue be your source of business, would you qualify that as a mistake or was it really more just like a mystery at that point? I mean, I think the biggest mistake I made in that was the... The length of time that I fought change exploring other models, that the mistake wasn't necessarily that um, I tried that first. And I think at the time, that was probably the way that you could make the most money in the app store. And everybody um, was trying it. And, and it's like, not like it didn't work. You yeah. had a pretty nice chart there for a while. Oh, yeah. It was great for, I mean, the early years of the app store, that was how I made my living. That was what paid my mortgage each month was you know paid sales in the app store. But over time, that just became more and more difficult and and you know there's this long slide away from that and i think the mistake i made was holding on holding back from being flexible about business models f- for longer than i than i should have for longer than i needed to and the, and, and you know ultimately that was to the detriment of my products because there was certainly a period of time when I've come very close to saying, you know, this is just, this isn't just, isn't going to work. I'm not going to be able to do this as my living anymore. Um, and I feel like the mistake is holding on to something like that for too long. I mean, in this case, thankfully I was able to pull out of it at the end and just, you know, sort of switch models in a way that has now been a sustainable living for me. But the mistake is when you sort of get stuck into a rut and often don't even realize you're in the rut until it may be potentially too late. How strongly, so one of the things you said was basically, if you came to me and said, um, I think it's going to be great, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start developing apps in the app store, you would try to talk me out of it. Sure. And the, the, the line that I wrote down was, it's brutal. Yes. Right. Now, I surrounded by developers yeah. and including some developers who do make a living selling apps on the app store to this day. Yeah. So... Is there more to that conversation? Is that is it a little more nuanced than that, or or do you really believe like don't do it, or or, or you know abandon hope if before you enter yeah. here? I think the biggest thing that I would it is still obviously it is my chosen career. This is what I do. It is what I enjoy doing. I love doing it, and for those types of reasons, I would certainly advocate and say that it's a great way. I mean, it's a great way to make a living in terms of I love the lifestyle that it encu- that it encourages, the feeling of having total control over what you're doing, and you know, not having to go to committees or meetings about product you know product planning. It's like I can just build what I want to build, and for me, that is awesome. The biggest advice I would give to the person who is thinking that they want to quit their job and go into it is the understanding that uh, it will take more time than you think before you're able to do it in a sustainable manner. And you have to go into it with that, with your eyes open. 
And even moreover is probably understanding that most of the things that you think are going to make you successful, the idea you have for your first app, for example, is very unlikely to actually be the case. I've launched about 51 products onto the App Store, like completely unique concept apps in the last eight years. And all but probably four of them, I would say, are failures. And that's not a great ratio. No, like that is a that is a difficult reality. And so every, every for every ten apps that you have that are a failure, one will be, one yeah. will work. And you don't know if you when you're building it if it's if it's one of the ten or if well, it's sure. the one. And that if is you the, knew you wouldn't yeah, build them. You wouldn't build them. <laughs> but the, the reality is you have no way of knowing that. And I've every time I launched one of those ten apps, um, I thought it was going to be it, and it wasn't. And the difficulty, I think, is having the perseverance to be able to keep doing that time and time again is part of that brutality of the App Store that I think eventually, if you have the patience and the persistence and the desire to keep going down that road, eventually it is a lovely way to make a living. And I think it is certainly something that is still possible to do. But it's having that right set of expectations that it's not something that you can just hope to start doing and have it succeed, that... For me, I think it was my first app that was successful in a way that was meaningful was probably my fourth or fifth app. Um, So even out of the 10, I I lucked out and I got it about middle of the cycle. Um, And it took from there several years until I had another one um, of putting out lots and lots of apps and trying new ideas. And that patience and persistence and flexibility, I think, is the thing that ultimately would make it successful. And if that's not something that you're interested in, which is certainly different than the idea of going down and being like, I have this great idea for an app, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to make it. It's like, there's a very, very, very good chance that that's not going to be the case. And you have to, if you really want to go down that road, you're going to understand that you're going to have to fail way more than you are going to be able to succeed. Now, is it talking about learning from failure again? Do your apps succeed or fail I know going in, you don't know if they'll succeed or fail, but sure. do, when they fail, are there things to glean from it that you can learn from the failure, or is it more random than that? I think it's both. I would say every one of the apps I made, I'm glad I made in retrospect. And I think the things that are usually the things that I'm able to learn are, I try and always do a, make a new product, something that will stretch me in some new way. And sometimes those things, those stretches are technical things. It's like trying a new platform, trying a new technology, trying something that I've never done before, trying a new business model. Um, and I feel like if you create enough variety in the work that you do, you're able to make every one of those failures useful because it showed you, it, exp- you let, it sort of let you explore a little part of the map. It's like when you play those real-time strategy games and you start off and everything's dark. Right. And as you move around, you kind of... You can unveil the world around you. In many ways, all you're doing when you're doing app development is you're just kind of trying to uncover as much of the map as you can. And I've been doing this for long enough that I've sort of I've gone down all of the dead ends enough times that I feel like I know where you know where people are like oh did never go there again that was a horrible <laughs> mistake don't want to do that um, and you kind of get a sense for it and I think it helps. Like my, my guess is my ratio now is better than the one to 10 that I had when I started. Mm. And I'm able to narrow that range in very, I, I couldn't ex- really explain what, may, what like the things that I know. In some ways I try and as best I can to share that, but a lot of it is just this intuition and the skill that you get as well as just 
once you've built 52 apps, you get like building your 53rd is a lot easier because right. you've been through that process so many times. And so you can learn from your failures um, if you have the right mentality, I think, going in towards them that, you know, it's like I didn't fail in this. I failed from a business perspective, which is usually how we define failure there. But I didn't fail in the sense that I can get nothing from it. Right. So you're able to glean from a, an app that doesn't make it. You can you can it's not just, well, I don't know why that didn't hit, but it didn't. You can you can say at least take away some things you think are reasons why yeah. it didn't work and mark on the map that there are dragons yes. over there and you don't want to go, go over back there. there. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, one last thing that is just my own curiosity, but I want to ask sure. before I let you go. Um, the new Apple Watch has this uh, much more uh, uh, powerful, l- long-lasting battery. Yeah, that play right into your hands with uh, with your sleep sure. tracking app. Yeah, I mean, in something like <laughs> Sleep Plus Plus, doing a sleep tracker on the Apple Watch, I feel like falls into this category of trying to find something that is only just barely possible. That in yeah. the first generation That's of hardware... That's why I asked, is because this feels like you pushing the edge of the map. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of the opportunities for smaller developers, people like myself, f- seem to come best when I can try and do that. Where I'm doing something that a bigger company probably wouldn't do because they would do a feasibility report or had, a, had someone do a prototype and be like, it works, but not 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 100%, it's not perfect. Maybe we'll wait a couple years and then we'll revisit this. And but being a one man shop, it's like I have no feasibility report. I just be like that sounds cool, let's try it. And if it works well enough, I'll put it in the store and and so in this case, by being ahead of things enough and by taking advantage of like one of the few advantages that I have over a smaller over a bigger team is that kind of the agility and the speed of being able to be like, sure, let's go for it. Right. Like, I'll just try it and build it. And um, so then inevitably things get better. And th- things, especially if you pay attention to Apple, it's helpful when you can ca- start to predict where they're likely going to be going. That It was kind of inevitable that the Apple Watch is going to get better battery life. It's And then they allowed it to be paired with multiple, uh, wa- you can have pair multiple watches to a phone, which also plays into being able to wear an, uh, an Apple Watch as a sleep tracker. And all those things start to add up over time and you can get an advantage by being there first. That um, I certainly didn't know when I was building it the first time that this was going to be the case, that I could, you know, couldn't have predicted that, well, next next fall there'll be this new watch, you'll have a better battery life, um, and that will be great. But in retrospect, it certainly is a benefit of just if you stay on those edges, if you keep pushing things out and exploring more of the map, you'll always um, put yourself in a better situation for what's going on down the road. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I really appreciated your, uh, your presentation yesterday. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 